We know there are times where you're just too busy to sort through the mass of information that comes your way. So to make it easier for you to stay informed, subscribe to The Morning Agenda, WITF's news podcast, where the only agenda is you. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC. Choose UPMC for your family's health care needs close to home. Visit UPMC.com slash Central PA for a complete list of services and locations. In September of 2023, LMP reported a law firm specializing in sexual abuse cases sued Faith Friendship Ministries for neglecting to recognize the serial sexual abuse among its personal care home staff. James Lee Zook faced initial charges in November of 2022, and additional cases emerged in January, February, and March of 2023, totaling 346 counts of indecent assault and 342 counts of institutional sexual assault. And now, the the 74-bed home serving those with mental illness and developmental disabilities is now at risk of closure. The residents, already vulnerable due to the housing crisis in Lancaster, now face potential homelessness. And today on The Spark, we have their executive director, Tammy Morrison, to discuss and shed some light on the situation and discuss possible solutions here. So uh, thank you for coming on The Spark today, Tammy. Thank you, Marquise, for having me. Yes, indeed. So uh, can, can you tell us, uh, what is Faith Friendship Ministries? Faith Friendship Ministries is a 501c3 nonprofit that has a 74-bed personal care home that is state licensed in Mountville, Pennsylvania. Mm. Our mission uh, serves those who have complicated and persistent mental illness, as you said, developmental disabilities, and other co-occurring conditions. Among them are very, they're very low income, a majority mm. of our residents. So the income that they receive on a monthly basis wouldn't be enough for them to provide for themselves living outside of this environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and what what's currently happening uh, at uh, Faith Friendship Ministries right now? Wow, that's really a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where do you start? Well, as you had um, summarized so well, uh, there were allegations of sexual abuse that came out in August of 2022. Mm-hmm. And in November, once we realized that charges would be filed, Faith Friendship took the initiative to have a conversation with all of our residents an individual, private, and safe conversation to explore whether any more allegations existed. Mm -hmm. As a result of those conversations and um, supported by our legal counsel, we didn't want to lead, seed, or plant. There were additional uh, 13 men that came forward with stories of abuse. Mm. Uh, it, It shocked us. It angered us. It surprised us. But, you know, we cooperated, obviously, with all of the authorities to to do what needed to be done so that charges could be filed. Mm. Um, In September of 2025, he pleaded guilty to all counts. And then just last week, Marquise, he was sentenced to, his sentence was 13.9 to 28 years in state prison. So that has brought some relief Mm -hmm. for our residents knowing that he's no longer on the street. But the real issue is, I guess justice began in that courtroom, Mm -hmm. but it needs to continue. And so our desire is to make sure that the residents aren't punished 
for his crimes through the loss of their home and community. Mm. Now, um, let's let's say that uh, they they do uh, lose lose this facility. Uh, they do have to relocate. What happens? Where do they go? So as a state licensed facility, we're required to give notice to DHS mm -hmm. and they would come in with the appropriate agencies like Adult Protective Services, Area Agency on Aging, if needed. And then also even some of their inspectors would come in and work with our team mm -hmm. to find placement. And obviously, resident choice uh, is our number one priority. Uh, the problem is in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, since 2008, there's been a staggering 54% decrease in the amount of what we call SSI beds. So that's mm -hmm. that's homes that serve individuals who are low or limited income. Yeah. So there's... There's not a lot of beds, Marquise. Yeah, yeah, and and you mentioned um, uh, them uh, them being low income. Now, this is going to sound like an obvious question here, but but how how much more difficult does this make the situation because they are low income? Well, as I said, with the decrease of 54% in uh, inventory of beds that, mm -hmm. that would be able to take them and not having enough income to live on their own, yeah. right, independently, that's just one of the problems. Mm. The other issue is that the residents who live at Faith Friendship need the daily supportive services. Mm. We're a seven-day-a-week, 24-hour-a-day operation. Think of long-term care. Think of skilled nursing, right? Mm, yeah. We're the step right before them. So we are the more, while we're the, we're, it, how do I say this? In order for our residents to live their best life, to be stable mm -hmm. and well cared for, the personal care home environment is the environment for them. Understood. Understood. So what challenges then do the individuals with uh, the mental illness or developmental disabilities face in assessing safe housing options? Well, that would be that would be something that would have to be done with our care management team mm. and with the supportive agencies. But our heart is that we don't and our hope is that we don't get to that place because the residents don't deserve to lose their home mm -hmm. because of the actions of this man. Right. They right. deserve to be able to maintain their community, some of which, Marquise, have lived there for over a decade and a half. Wow. Wow. So then they're they're not only entrenched in the home, they're they're entrenched in the community then. So if you're staying there for for 10 years, for a, a decade, you are a part of the fiber and tapestry then of said community of Mountville. Yeah, absolutely. And one another, one to another, they mm -hmm. have created a family. Some of our residents, over half of them, are what we would consider adult orphans, which mm. means they don't have any immediate familial support. Yeah. And they call one another family. Wow. So you'd be actually ripping them away from the only family that they know. Mm. Mm. So um, so how did the emergence of the additional cases affect the community's perception of Faith Friendship Ministries? So I think in general, the folks that know Faith Friendship Ministries know that the blame lies on the individual who abused our precious and vulnerable residents. Mm -hmm. They know that that's not part of who we are. And as demonstrated by our actions, once we knew that the allegation was credible and mm -hmm. charges would be filed without being told <clears throat> by anybody outside of our organization, we pursued truth, Marquise, yeah. in order to protect our residents and to give them a voice if something was happening. And indeed, that's what happened. So the 13 additional cases 
are a result of our caring for our residents by mm. having the difficult conversation. Now, I, I was going to ask, um, uh, was there a, a difficult conversation? Like, uh, what measures were taken um, once you heard about these allegations? So... I'm a woman of faith, mm -hmm. okay? So through this whole process, even though I've been in leadership and nonprofits for over 25 years, mm -hmm. I had never experienced a crisis like this. Yeah. As a matter of fact, nobody in our organization had ever experienced it, right? Yeah. So I went to prayer mm -hmm. and I asked God, how do I do this? I have no idea to do this. And, and not in an audible way, but think of the song that never ends in your head. <laughs> I kept getting this phrase, remember the more, remember mm -hmm. the more. And it pestered me for almost two months mm -hmm. until the charges were announced to us. Yeah. And I knew at that time that we needed to have a conversation. We needed to go in. We needed to not just react, mm -hmm. but we needed to be proactive and to have those conversations. So we talked to our lawyers and said, hey, here's a, a list of questions we think um, are appropriate that won't lead seed or plant. Mm -hmm. You know, memories or information. At this point, the residents did not know what was going on. Yeah. So those uh, our lawyers looked at the questions and said, "Yeah, we think that they hold up to integrity." And those conversations, having led a lot of them myself, and you could ask any any member of my management team, it was devastating listening to what they endured. Mm. And there, you know, obviously there were staff and people who blame themselves, yeah. loved ones, you know, people in the community. You know, it wasn't just faith friendship that was deceived. Yeah. It was an entire community, Marquise. Right. So the rallying cry is, he did that, but let's do this. Mm -hmm. Let's show victims of sexual abuse that they're going to be protected mm -hmm. and not punished. And that's part of our message. And um, are there any uh, support services being offered uh, right now or have they been offered to the victims in this case? Yes. Once we were able to go more public about this and share this within our community, mm -hmm. our care management team stepped into action right away to get crisis counseling services procured uh, at the villa, villa, both in individual and group sessions. Mm -hmm. We also, as an organization, provided EAP and counseling services for our staff. We've had some staff that have been with us for 15 years. Mm. They worked with this person and it was devastating to them. Yeah. Uh, so, so yes, we stepped into action immediately. And what one of the things that's unique about our organization is that every resident has what we call a care manager. Think of case management. Mm -hmm. So if they need suspenders ordered from Amazon or they need a trip to their doctor's office to be fit for dentures or have their diabetes checked, all of these things are services that Faith Friendship provides. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, before we go to our our uh, first break here, um, I did hear something about a uh, recorded video uh, that you have uh, for the governor? <laughs> okay. So, yes, quickly, um, once we realized that we were facing a financial crisis, and we should talk a little bit about um, the ERC, the Employee Retention Credit, if we mm -hmm. have time. Oh, yes. But once we realized we were beyond, we, we needed more help quietly and behind the scenes as to not scare the residents, mm -hmm. right, or the staff, I started contacting our elected officials, starting with the county commissioners and all the way up. And eventually, I started recording videos 
talking to the governor of myself, mm-hmm. driving home from work. Yes, I had a seatbelt on. Um, <laughs> but in, in pleading with the governor to make good on his quote when he said in his budget address, we need to step up for those who are most vulnerable in our system mm-hmm. and show them we give a damn. Yeah. And I just started sending him through the portal. Mm-hmm. And then I started calling the 787 number and, and I started emailing his chiefs of staff on LinkedIn I mean, you want to call it desperate? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. There are no lengths that we won't go to to protect them. They deserve at least that. Yeah. You brought up um, the ERC. What is it and how does it apply to this? So the employer retention credit is a payroll tax credit that if an organization or business meets certain criteria, can receive a refund on the payroll taxes they pay for some of their employees. Either in late 21 or early 2022, the IRS announced that individual businesses or organizations that receive the Paycheck Protection Program during COVID were also now eligible if they met the the strict criteria Mm -hmm. to get the ERC. So before it was considered double dipping, but now because they see the financial crisis continues, right? Crisis doesn't hit all at once. It takes time like an earthquake or an aftershock, right? right? So you don't see the impact immediately, usually. So we went right ahead and and applied for it. Mm -hmm. And the the, the day before, the day after the IRS received our return, they made an announcement that they placed a moratorium on processing all ERCs across the nation oh, wow. because they had detected fraudulent companies popping up and telling organizations like us, hey, give us 10 grand. We'll do this return for you because it's a compu- complicated formulary, mm-hmm. right? And it's intimidating even to someone like me. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I like words more than numbers, as mm-hmm. you can see. but. The bottom line was they put a moratorium on it, and initially they said they thought it would be to the end of the year, which would be December 31. Mm -hmm. And financially, we were okay till then. We're talking about over half a million dollars. Wow. You know, crises take time um, and money to recover and to survive them, right? So we thought that this would be a bridge. Now, I should should mention that we have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. since this crisis hit, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just not enough. And so they placed the moratorium, and then sometime in January, early February, they said, eh, we don't know when we're going to lift the moratorium. We're wow. still working out the details. Uh, so this isn't specific to Faith Friendship. Mm-hmm. It's any business, all businesses and nonprofits that applied for it. Yeah. So as as the executive director, how do you juggle all of this? Um, because I, I feel like there's not a training for this. Uh, so so it, Amen. Yeah, it, it, yeah. How 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 are you juggling this? That's a fantastic question that I don't know that I'll actually be able to answer until a couple of years down the road. Mm. Um, This is really a day-by-day thing. We have the impact on residents, impact on staff, the financial impact, the community perception. There's the the legal stuff. There's just so much in this that it's really messy, Mm. right? But what helps me get through this and what helps our team get through this is that we love our residents. They're some of the most amazing mm. people 
I have ever met. And they teach me something every day about what it means to serve selflessly mm. and to love people unconditionally. Yeah. The night after, or the Tuesday after we found out, Marquise, that this man was sentenced and taken away in cuffs, several of the residents at a prayer group, prayer and praise group that I hold on Tuesday evenings, asked for prayer for him and his family. Really? Wow. That's forgiveness at a whole nother that, level. That, that is. And some of these folks were people who were actually abused by him. Mm. So I forgot what your original question was, well, except how are we surviving this? The residents. Mm. It's the residents. It's our faith in God mm. that he goes before us and that he loves them more than we ever could. But the reality is, is that he works through people. Mm. And so if I have to continue sending annoying messages to the governor or whomever, you know, we'll continue to do it because we do believe at the end of the day that people really care and do not want to see these residents suffer. Yeah. Yeah. What are the what are the family members of the residents uh, uh, saying? What are how do they feel? Wow. So all of the family members that uh, represent the victims have said over and over and over again, we know this is not faith friendship. Mm. Of course, they're devastated that their loved one was harmed. But 12 of the 14 victims still live at the villa, Marquise. Oh, wow. They didn't leave. Okay. One did have to leave for medical reasons. Mm -hmm. And the other one stayed with his family and, and God's provided a way there. But I think that says a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, Faith Friendship Ministries has been serving the Lancaster and surrounding communities for over 22 years. Wow. And we don't want to be defined by this. Mm -hmm. However, we are strengthening our protections and there were things we were doing even before we had knowledge of this to strengthen the organization because the reality is we need more personal care homes, not less. Mm, yeah. And um and your staff, um where where are they at and did you implement uh, any any new trainings or or, or any, anything like that? Sure. So we brought in providers from our local community to intensify our understanding of detecting abuse mm -hmm. um, and understanding it and, and what to look for. So we have uh, we have implemented a new training. Uh, platform gone online and intensified their trainings. Mm -hmm. We established a resident council. So the residents have a voice mm -hmm. and a formal voice. And so we meet on a quarterly basis to talk about their needs and their concerns. We have a robust and, and aggressive sexual abuse prevention program. Now we had one before, but this one's better mm -hmm. and it's going to better equip all of us in the organization. So there's been a lot that we have done, including impromptu, unannounced meetings, one-on-ones uh, -on with our residents just mm. to chat. But above all, the residents clearly understand, and, and this might sound funny to you, but I think our listeners will, will hear this. When I say to the residents, I say, sweetie, what are you going to do if somebody's mean to you? or tries to hurt you. Well, I'm going to tell them they're going to have to deal with Miss Tammy, mm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, we have a culture that that says speak up. Yeah. And that's so important because they believed what their abuser told them, mm. which was if you tell anybody you're going to lose your housing. Wow. So, can you see our motivation? Because all we'd be doing is affirming his threat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then what's next and what does the community need to know? So 
the parents have been so supportive and have started advocating kind of organically. Mm -hmm. They've been reaching out to the elected officials, um, and they're finding different ways to support the villa by raising money. You know, I mean, money's needed. When we start before this crisis, we had a $30,000 a month gap. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's before the crisis, yeah. <laughs> right? So in, in under normal conditions, I don't want to give the wrong message. Mm-hmm. Under normal conditions, we can raise that money and have, mm-hmm. for, you know, for two decades. So families are stepping in. Community members are stepping in. Staff are heroes. I mean, we've lost some staff mm-hmm. because of this. Yeah. And, um, you know, exhausted and overworked, but, but loving mm-hmm. and committed. So... Everybody who's involved in our community is committing to finding ways to raise funds so that we can survive this crisis and preserve the housing and family for the residents of Faye Friendship Villa. Mm. Did I answer your question? Yes, you did. Okay. Yes, you did. And uh, and if if you can give a a, a message um, uh, to to that um, uh, staff member, uh, to that other executive director uh, that, that that works in a similar capacity uh, that you do uh, to, to give them this kind of uh, warning of what to look out for, um, to have your staff prepared. What would you say to them? Oh, man, so much, as you can imagine. But the first thing that I would say is ask questions. Mm. Talk to your residents. Make sure you have experts, whether they're your insurance brokers or whoever, right? Make sure that you have experts in sexual abuse prevention and detection Mm. and give that the priority that it deserves. And, you know, and I'm grateful that today we talk more about mental illness Mm -hmm. and sexual abuse than we have at any other time in my 52 years. Uh, well, Tammy, I, I want to thank you for coming on the Spark and, and letting us know uh, what, what is currently happening at uh, Faith Friendship Ministries. Um, when I uh, heard, heard this, I was like, all right, well, we have to we have to bring bring on Tammy. Uh, so I do appreciate you coming on and letting us know again everything that is that is happening. Thank you. Thank you, Marquise.